into the service car that was soon carrying us, nonstop, to the top floor. See, we use code names. He explained, as if I were a sixteen-year-old girl. When we talk about the protectee. So, you and Peacock, your friends? He asked, and again I realized that he wasn't looking at me the way a well-trained, well-armed security professional looks at a potential threat, because I know a thing or two about well-trained and well-armed security professionals. Nope. He was looking at me like I was a Gallagher girl. Of course, if you're listening to this, you must already know that there are two types of people in this world. Those who know the truth about what goes on inside the walls of the Gallagher Academy for Exceptional Young Women, and those who don't. Something in the way the agent was trying to weigh my slightly out-of-style clothes against the snooty reputation of my school told me that he was definitely the second type, that he assumed we were all rich, that he thought we were all spoiled, and that he had no idea what it really meant to be a Gallagher girl. And that was before I heard the screaming. As the elevator door slid open, a high-pitched, I am going to kill someone, echoed from behind the double doors at the end of the hall. And then I was 100% certain that the man beside me didn't know the truth about my sisterhood, because he didn't draw his weapon. He didn't even flinch as a second Secret Service agent opened the double doors and whispered, Peacock is angry. Instead, he walked toward the screaming girl, even though she was a Gallagher girl even though her name was Macy McHenry. Before that day, I'd never been to Boston. I'd never had a Secret Service escort, and I'd definitely never been a VIP or the friend-slash-roommate-slash-guest of a VIP at a national political convention. But walking into what I'm pretty sure was the hotel's second nicest suite, I added another first to the list. I'd never seen Macy McHenry as mad as she was then. Really, Macy, I think it's an adorable little puff piece. Cynthia McHenry's cool-mannered tone could not have been more different from her daughter's. He's the only son of a future president. You're the only daughter of a future vice president. If people want to read about the possibility of a White House wedding eight years from now, I don't see any reason to stop them. Really, I don't know why you have to be so dramatic. Right then, I made a mental note that if Mrs. McHenry thought Macy was too dramatic, then she should probably never be left alone with the better part of our junior class. If that boy, that boy, her mother corrected, is Governor Winter's son, tries to flirt with me, Macy went on, but Mrs. McHenry talked over her. And if appearing with that boy is going to give us two percent bump in Ohio, then you will appear with that boy. Percentages. Macy gave an exasperated sigh. You know I don't do math. Well, I have personally seen Macy McHenry do linear algebra without a calculator, after mastering our roommate Liz's system, of course, but the girl in front of me wasn't the Macy I knew from school. She wasn't the girl on the suite's TV, either, 
smiling and waving and holding hands with her father on the national news. Instead, she was the other kind of Gallagher girl, the kind the agent had been expecting, the snobby kind, the spoiled kind, the kind who had crawled out of her parents' limousine and into our school nearly a year before with combat boots and a diamond nose-stud. This was the scene this morning, as Senator James McHenry and his family arrived here in Boston to join Governor Winters and officially accept the vice-presidential nomination, the TV anchor was saying. But I doubt that Macy or her mother were even listening as they stared daggers at each other. You will do this, Macy, her mother said. You will. But then my escort cleared his throat, and Mrs. McHenry turned. I expected her to gush like she had on the phone when Macy had called to invite me to join them, but instead...